0: Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. How do religion, mysticism, and metaphysics dance together? In fact, do they, or are they separate paths of exploring a relationship with the divine? I grew up Jewish, more culturally so than religiously observant, but always felt a draw, always, always, always to explore the deeper experiences of humanity. And in fact, for me, that took me on the path of psychology to begin with. And yet, that under, the underpinnings of that were really from that bigger place. And it's been a continuing and compelling force, really, in my life. When I recently met my guest today, Rabbi Jessica Marshall, at an online, of all things, tea party, I immediately invited her to join me on Wisdom Talk Radio. And you, in fact, can join us for today's tea party. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head there to discover your creative advantage by taking the Creative Innovator Quiz. Find out your personal creative innovator style so that you can open your creative flow and make everything in life easier. Learn to optimize your ability to create more in less time while enjoying every minute. And I'm also inviting you to the upcoming July 17th and 18th Inspiration and Action Intensive. Mm. So Rabbi Jessica Kessler Marshall, who is my guest today, leads women's circles and retreats across the United States, offering creative rituals, intentional reflection mindfulness, and the wisdom of the natural world, Rabbi Marshall guides with humor, divine presence, authenticity, and compassion. Her podcast, Sacred Stories, explores how in others' stories we hear our own and shape our lives anew. She happily dances between rabbi and a mystic, leading with spiritual expansiveness. So don't you know she's the one to have this conversation with? She has served as rabbi to congregations in Denver, Everett, Washington, North Carolina, Ohio, and New York. Welcome, Rabbi Jessica Marshall. I am
1: delighted. That you are here. <laughs> Lori, it's so good to be in sacred conversation with you too. What a treat. What a treat. And mm. we did meet at a virtual tea party. <laughs> and I think both of us immediately felt, oh, there's more to talk about. Yes, so indeed. I'm excited to dive in.
0: Yes. And even though now you're kind of floating and not floating, you're traveling a lot and moving around and living in different places. When I met you, you were living where I am in Denver. So that was another piece that was quite fun. Yeah. Yeah, lots of nice connections.
1: <laughs> so hmm,
0: I'd love to start with you about um, that paradox. That is the, the the paradox that so many spiritual people have spoken to, so many t- great teachers have spoken to. The paradox the, of that we are living a spiritual life where we want to live a spiritual life, and yet we're very much in the world. And we need to be in the world to eat and to sleep and to, you know, do all of those things. And how do we, um, from your perspective, from your place, how do we live in that, in that paradox? How do we make our peace with it, but maybe more than that, even thrive with that?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's such a good question. And I think it's, it's a bit of a lifelong dance for all of us. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about the idea of sacred paradox as holding opposing truths and that both it's, it's often a both and right. That we can hold them both. So for instance um, the dance between manifesting and surrender right? Like getting really clear about what we want to call into our lives or what wants to be called into our lives while simultaneously open palms, taking our hands off the wheel, that, right? Or even the idea of um, something like our thoughts create our reality, right? And we can choose um, how we want to experience the world. And yet there are often times when We're really struggling. And there's also a place for just being where we are and not feeling like we're always needing to, you know, spiritually bypass or make the best of a situation or choose to see the positive, right? Mm -hmm. That there's like always space for a both and. And I think honestly, just recognizing it is the first part. Mm -hmm. Like when we can notice um, that we're feeling pulled or that we're in a little bit of frustration around it or whatnot. Like that's the first step. And then just breathing into the fact that it's not always black and white and it's not supposed to be right. Like life is this rainbow of experience and letting it be what it is in the moment. Like that's sacred presence, you know? So, I mean, I can give it a personal example from, um, just this last weekend. Mm. um, So this last weekend was Memorial Day weekend. As you mentioned, I'm currently living in Denver, but I um, am really creating a life for myself that uh, is going to be international and being able to serve folks all over the world. And so I'm in the fun process of, you know, moving and packing up my life. And we had super cruddy weather here in Denver the last three days, which is very unlike Denver. It was like just raining nonstop and stuck at home, you know, packing by myself and just noticing like that my own vibration was kind of crappy you know like and and a few things had happened in in the physical world and just being human that were a little bit aggravating and so there's a space to just kind of recognize and honor that and let it be okay and then this morning when i woke up i went for a beautiful bike ride before our conversation and i got myself into a vibrational space of you know, sacred presence and being with the divine. And part of that is, um, just affirming what is and making space for what is, which is, you know, like, okay, I'm not feeling my best. And the other part is also remembering that life is magical and there are divine sparks everywhere. And we get to choose how we see the world, you know, and it's, it's both, it's really both. And, um, To remember that as humans, it's it's not just one or the other, you know,
0: and that takes care of a lot of the um, the kind of pushing and judgment that I see that people get into when they're not feeling their best, as you said, or, you know, when they're aware that maybe they're tired or they don't feel like doing something or just something's up, something's up and just allowing space for that.
1: Yeah, because for me, at least the divine is so present in the gentleness, in the compassion, Mm. in the like opening, you know, anthropomorphic arms and just cradling us and saying, yeah, this is kind of sucky right now. And that's Mm. okay. You know, that's part of what we signed up for in this human experience and to trust that it will shift eventually. And so we get to be with what is, here right now in this moment and we also get to be with when things you know become a little bit more like ponies and rainbows (laughs) that will come too yeah
0: and ponies and rainbows are one one expression of that i love that you said that the divine is you know is there in the gentleness too yeah Ah. yeah yeah very much so and so boy your path um as a rabbi um, as a as a reform congregation rabbi yeah and you've been in you know in traditional congregations have you not yeah very much so and so i'm i'm so curious it, it, partly because of having grown up in um, in as a jew um, how you have trans not transitioned but how you have walked that path yeah. Um, as I was saying in the beginning, I know, it looks often like religion is very different or separate from from mysticism, and separate yet again from metaphysics. And how have you been creating that journey for yourself?
1: Oh, it's such a good question. Yeah, and it's such an evolution. You know, that's really what comes to mind. And I just want to offer us all this blessing that nothing is wasted. You know every step along our our journey, even the parts where we're like, "Oh man, this was really hard," or I wasn't in a place that felt super aligned for me. I see now as I look back on it, like all of it is sacred. All of it is so important. So um,
0: sacred. Let me just—I I know you're in the thread, but I just—oh no, so sacred. You said all of it is sacred. I know people can say that in a very easy way, like a yeah. flip way, and right. they're not right. So tell me what you mean by it. Can it is all sacred? Oh goodness! Um,
1: it shapes us. It it offers us gifts. Maybe that's what I mean. It offers us gifts when I think about. Um, like my first job out of rabbinical school, I was, and this is kind of answering your question. I'll, I'll weave it together a little uh-huh. bit. I was um, on a college campus. So I was like the campus rabbi and um, it was the, it just wasn't a great fit for me. And part of it was that I was really green. You know, I was right out of rabbinical school mm-hmm. and I made some mistakes, namely, um, I was, I was tentative, you know, I was tentative as a new rabbi and I didn't kind of jump in with both feet and, and make myself super valuable. And, um, they hired me, uh, kind of without all of the funding to, <laughs> to fund the position. And so I was told that um, six months in, like I needed to go. I, I didn't even finish the whole year there, oh you God. know? And at the time, of course, that was um, scary. It also felt uh, my my ego was a little bit bruised for sure. Um, you know, all of those things. But the sacredness is that I learned a beautiful lesson, you know, and the next job that I had, which was at my congregation outside of Seattle, uh, Washington, Mm -hmm. uh, heck yeah, I jumped in with both feet and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, and um, really showed up fully and offered what I could like, that was such a gift. So when I say sacred, um, again, like not always ponies and rainbows, you know, I think even of um relationships like romantic relationships you know um the learning doesn't always feel really good but it's also so important and, how, and it shapes us and it then gives us tools that we can offer to others so that's what i mean that it's like that we're able to see it as holy mm-hmm. even when it feels hard yeah yeah so
0: holy isn't separate from hard
1: yes even though we really it to be sometimes, especially Absolutely. myself, because mm-hmm. I, lo- I love me some good joy. I love some joie de vie, <laughs> all of it. Um, yeah, uh, deeply important though, really important. And I think enables us to sit with the hard stuff. So, yeah. So after, um, after I was at this college campus, I was a congregational rabbi for eight and a half years. Mm-hmm. Which was a beautiful experience. And I really came into my own professionally at my temple. I was a solo rabbi there, so I was uh, I was the only rabbi at this congregation. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a mutual love fest, you know, like mm. so much respect, zinging in both directions. Um, I really, oh, there were so many pieces to it, you know, I think as a young, woman. I started there when I was 29. Um, I was just afforded like a lot of respect and, and the, the demographics of the congregation were more like middle-aged empty nesters and um, seniors, Mm -hmm. you know, so to be afforded that kind of respect was a huge compliment. And yeah, I, uh, you know, one of the gifts was just I learned kind of how to drop into sacred presence. Like when I would be giving a sermon or leading services or just sitting with someone in pain, Mm -hmm. like I got that beautiful practice there. The other thing that I think was, I mean, this has shaped my entire life was that I was really around life's fragility and I was around death and I was around illness. Constantly, you know, and officiating at funerals and being with people in incredibly dark moments. Mm -hmm. And that was such a gift because it was this constant reminder of like life is so fragile and you better be living the life that you want to be living. Mm. And I just think, you know, like every time there would be a loss and. Everything in life would get put on hold, you know, the whole week that you thought you were gonna have, like, okay, reset button, come back immediately to what's important, you know sacred presence with this family in grief, um, realizing that all the little stuff on your to- do list is actually not that important. you know for for me, it was just this like instant reminder of what was really important. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so. So I was there for, um, you know, a a really beautiful chunk of time. And then I had a moment of knowing that my time there was um, supposed to come to an end, which is a whole nother wonderful romantic story, (laughs) um, which I can share if you want. But anyway, after that, I moved to Denver. And um, I knew that I wanted to work for myself. I knew that I was drawn towards more and more spiritual inclusivity and that I wanted to be able to work with um, both Jews and non-Jews and people of all spiritual expressions. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wanted, yeah, that I wanted to like have control over my schedule, be my own boss and really dive more into creative ritual and into retreats. And so that's kind of been, this next chapter and and what I'm kind of continuing to grow now.
0: So so that the work of doing that sounds like it's come out of your own um expansion. Yeah. If that's a word I could use. Expansion from the religious expression of your own um journey into a, a more perhaps broader, would that be accurate? A, a, you said inclusive yeah. Jews and non-Jews, but it sounds like it's more than simply, I don't want to use that word either, boy, um, uh, more than, <laughs> more than religion, that there were, yeah. there were pieces that were, um, that you were being moved into.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. And just seeing the sacred and everything, you know, like, um, yeah, so that's inclusive. That's inclusive too. Like really, you know, um, every moment is calling to us to see the sparks and to, to elevate the divine. You know, I will say there's been a thread throughout my whole journey of ritual and um, you didn't ask how I decided to become a rabbi, but one of the parts (laughs) of that story was um, witnessing a couple being blessed on their 58th wedding anniversary and getting all foot you know, getting all emotional about it, seeing this, seeing this ritual, um, and now continuing to expand the way we experience ritual in the work that I do now. Um, but this thread of ritual has kind of been a through line. So that's one thing that stayed constant. Mm-hmm. Yes, how I how I mark rituals and how I, I guide them and, and the way that I think about them has expanded. But that's that's kind of a through line. And yeah, I think, you know, it's really interesting. Like I have. I have one foot in the organized Jewish world and I continue to work with synagogues and I love that mm-hmm. and and um offer, you know, Jewish life cycles. Um and there's a lot of parts of Judaism that speak very deeply to me that are that are not going anywhere, you know, like mm-hmm. the idea of marking Shabbat, the Sabbath and a day of rest is um, you know, uh, integral to my being, um, the expansive ways of seeing and understanding the divine is very, very present in me. Um, but there are also some other pieces that I've now integrated that feel really important, you know, like, um, the energetic piece and, and how we move through the world energetically and, you know, bringing more, um, Kind of mindfulness practices into how I lead both my own life and how I lead others. So mm-hmm. there's it's a it's really a beautiful integration, and it doesn't feel like I have to choose. It feels to me like there gets to be space for all of it, you know, because yeah. we're complex as human beings, we're not <laughs> one or the other. Yeah.
0: And, and I'm thinking about what you just said about the Sabbath and how important that that still is and and how that marks that day of rest. And and I'm expanding that in my own thinking, in my own consciousness. I was speaking this morning um, in in my regular twice weekly meditation sessions online about um, allowing space and allowing spaciousness and. When we meditate, the idea is to allow space. When we go to co-create, when we want to live in that energy of co-creation, we really have to create space in order to receive. Yeah. So we can't dance with the universe if we're dancing by ourselves. Yeah. If we're always so busy. Yeah. So the idea of the Sabbath, the idea of creating space ends up feeling... Um, even more important. I mean, it takes on a, a different sheen than merely, well, this is the day that's that set aside to acknowledge when God created the universe. Um It, it has so much more to it.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I love talking about Shabbat. I, I have so many thoughts about this. I mean, one is that There's a a Jewish mystical teaching that when the divine is creating the world, um, the divine's presence fills all of the world. And the divine realizes that uh, the divine has to also make room for humans. And Mm -hmm. so God kind of pulls back um, in order to make space for humans to flourish. Um, And then the teaching goes on to say, Um, God pulls back, the the Hebrew word is simtsum, which is kind of this this process of um, stepping back to make space for something else to emerge. And God hides divine light in all of these um, vessels. So these vessels are like planted all over the world, and the human endeavor is to like, find these vessels, open them up, and let the light expand out into all of creation. And it's a beautiful, beautiful teaching because we have in that the idea of like light being hidden and us as humans wanting to find it. But we also have in it the importance of stepping back or pulling back in order to let something bigger expand into creation. Um, and that to me, is, you know, a huge part of, of Shabbat. I also think about sacred presence, and that when we're deeply present, we're neither in the past or in the future. Right. And that is what Shabbat is about. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's ceasing from doing so that we can soak up all of the wonderfulness that's in front of us. Cause there's so much, you know, yeah. and, um, and, and I think that when we can get really present, I mean, that's when the divine comes in, first of all, right. It's, mm-hmm. it's when we're, it's when we're just being, um, and it's also when ideas or or maybe I should say like we're in sacred dialogue, so we're open enough to hear what might want to come in as yes. well that yeah. makes sense yeah and and it, I
0: certainly never heard a peep about this around the Sabbath around Shabbat that that was never you know really brought in, but it's it sounds like. Um, either I was missing something or that that just hadn't come full circle to be integrated into the teachings.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'll I'll just offer this um, for folks. So one of like the um, one of the ways that I really like to think about Shabbat is separating these 24 hours from the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. So if during the rest of the week I'm on email, or I'm working, or I'm taking care of chores, or I'm, you know, in my to-do list or whatever it is, like to give ourselves the gift of time that's set aside that gets to be different from the rest of the week Mm -hmm. oh it's like such a gift it's the best invention ever especially (laughs) in the world that we live in now you know so just to let it be gentle for ourselves and to think about what, um, what can I offer myself that is different from the rest of the week and it can be treating ourselves to a meal out, it can be treating ourselves to a day that's detached from devices, or maybe just two hours detached from devices, you know, like let it be bite-sized chunks. It can be um, really setting aside like sacred time to be in community with beloved friends, it gets to be whatever feels authentic to us. I'm I'm not a big fan of like, this is how it needs to be done, or these are the rules, but just to invite us to think about if I'm going to step back from doing, 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 right. And I'm going to create time um, that's different from the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. What would my dream experience look like? And how can I just choose one little thing, you know, to unfurl into that a little bit?
0: Hmm. That is so beautiful, Jessica. I just, um, I'm aware of how, when I do that, how everything changes. Yeah. Because I become present to simply asking the question of how, how is this night different? How is this time different? How could it be different from the rest of my days?
1: Yeah. And then we get to show up differently when we return to you know, the work week. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, we're, you know, we're more in connection to our essence and that's mm-hmm. a beautiful gift for ourselves and for everyone. Um, and I just want to, again, like to give us this blessing that, um, if 24 hours feels like a little bit too much to bite off, which is a lot, you know, just mm-hmm. to start small, like let it, let, let, let yourself infuse one hour with the spirit of Shabbat, you know, Mm -hmm. and see where that takes you. Little bite-sized chunks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I love it. Bite-sized chunks of Shabbat. (laughs)
1: Exactly. A nibble.
0: (laughs) So what are some of the other um, ways that you have of tapping into that, that soul wisdom?
1: Oh, such a great question. And, you know, the truth is that, um, I'm going to throw out a bunch of different ways, but we're all wired so differently. Mm-hmm. So I just want to give, again, folks, this blessing to like play with what feels like it might resonate for you. Uh-huh. So, cause some people are big meditators and that's never, I'm not great at sitting still for long periods of time. So <laughs> the methodology that, you know, I've created is, is a little bit more active. So I'll give folks a few, um, This is an exercise that um, I actually got from Christine Hassler that I've kind of adapted for, um, for my own. So when we are sitting with a big decision and we're kind of dancing between a few different ideas, what I like to do is to take each possibility and write it on a piece of paper. So Take a stack of, you know, eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper and write each of the different ideas on it. So let's let's get specific here. Um, So as I mentioned, I'm currently packing up my life, putting it in storage (laughs) and flying free for the summer, which is going to be really fun. And of course, sitting with a lot of different ways to do this. Right. Like, where do I wanna go first? Do I wanna to try to get house sitting gigs or stay at Airbnbs? You know, um, Do I wanna go new places or stay with friends? Right? All of these different options that are before me. So I write each one on a piece of paper and then I lay the pieces of paper out in a line on the ground. And then I just take a few moments to take a deep breath and to breathe. Maybe I can envision Divine light coming down from above and just kind of clearing anything that's unwanted, just connecting to spirit in whatever way you like to do that. That could also be having a dance party, you know, whatever way you like to connect. <laughs> and then standing on each piece of paper and just feeling in your body like what feels aligned and what feels good. Mm-hmm. And this is a beautiful way to get out of our head and like out of um, you know, logic or what feels most practical, in quotes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and just tap into the wisdom in our body. Um, because they want to remind us we have like, I can't remember the exact percentage, but about at least like 10 times more neurotransmitters. In our guts than we have in our brains, right? So there's like deep wisdom, <laughs> mm-hmm. deep deep wisdom in our guts. So just to stand on each piece of paper and feel what what feels like a heck yes, a heck no, or a maybe, you know, um, that's a beautiful way that I love tapping into to inner wisdom.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that's and beautiful. That, and Yeah. And- it's so aligned with the with what I teach around the, the feeling body. Yeah, because the feeling body is always picking up things, but we don't always pay attention.
1: Yeah, and I think we can get stuck in our minds. Well, yes. speak for myself, I can get stuck mm-hmm. in our minds, my mind. My um, mind. Okay, here's another fun one. So, take a journal, get two different colored pens or markers, and if you have any sort of question you're wrestling with, bring that into your you know, bring that into your mind and write your question in the color marker or pen that you don't like as much. So, um, let's get specific again, for instance. Um, let's say you're wrestling with whether or not to, um, you know, spend some money on, uh, working with a, a coach or healer, right? Um, like I know for myself, I've had, Um, I've had some really wonderful transformative experiences of working with people who've helped guide me and mentor me and others that have not been as great. Right. And it's always a decision, you know, where we want to invest our money. So maybe I write on this piece of paper, um, is it aligned for me to work with this person? Right. And then again, center yourself, kind of breathe into divine light, connect with, um, connect with your highest self, connect with love, connect with peace, and then take the other color pen or marker and just let, let your soul communicate with you and speak back. Some people like to even do this with their non-dominant hand. I'm not quite that talented, but that's, that's, you know, next level. Um, and I find it so fun, Lori, like when I do this, I, um, my whole handwriting changes when my soul writes Mm -hmm. back, my soul Mm -hmm. loves a good F-bomb. Like it's always like very colorful, slightly vulgar (laughs) responses. Um, it's also usually very succinct and clear. So it's not convoluted. It's more like, um, it's more like live big, do this, Jessica, you know, or, um, or, trust that this is all, that this is going to be okay. And that this is an aligned decision for you, or, you know, what? something about this just feels a little bit funny. I would hit pause for an hour or whatever it is. But, um, I think writing also can get us out of our heads. And when we're kind of dancing with a question, that's, that's another way to do it.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I, I do that often. And I think about that as I think about the, the, the pen is the witness, Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So that we're writing where we've we've posed the question, and when we get quiet and and connect in and allow that to come through in the writing, that the pen does become the witness. It's like it, you're not you're no longer with the, you're no you're not with the personality, you know, that's yeah. going to get excited about oh yeah I, this is the way I really wanted it to go, because you're willing to say I don't know. Yeah. And yet there's another part of me that does know.
1: Exactly. And I think that that these practices can help get us out of our old stories, you know, of whatever they are, scarcity or overwhelm or Mm -hmm. not enough or too much, right? All of the Mm -hmm. things that we kind of dance with as humans and just help us drop in a little bit more in a fun way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know you do. I want to make sure we have time to... um, for you to talk about the kind of um, what do I want to call them? Well, immersive experiences or the um, the, the retreats that you do and, and the power of doing an immersive re, uh, experience.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Laurie. Oh, it's what
0: lights me up. It's my favorite. Um, I must have known that because I know I'm just like, oh, I don't want to run out of time.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, we are not meant to do life alone. And I think we all know the power of community, if anything. This past, what are we in now, 16 months mm-hmm. of, um, you know, of isolation has, has really reminded us of... know that in that we're all dancing with different shades of similar adventures of being human right i mean i mentioned some of them, right Mm -hmm. scarcity or um or uh feeling you know fear to go after our dreams or Mm -hmm. um just not being enough. I'm not enough. I'm too much. Right. Like I can't do that. All the things, you know, that we all, that we all kind of um, have opportunities to transmute <laughs> and being able to do it in community. I mean, there's nothing like it because we're able to witness another person going through something similar um, and to be with them in so much compassion. And then Seeing that and doing that allows us to extend it towards ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a few elements that make immersive experiences so powerful. One is that we get to step back from the day to day of everyday life, right, and put ourselves in a new, um, a new space, often that's beautiful and and nature. Uh, centered and just take a break from the mundane and then the other is just giving ourselves the blessing of sacred time to step back and think about what is really important in my life like when I look back on my life, what is really gonna matter and how do I how do I really want to live um, you know and this is this kind of brings me back full circle to the gift of being a congregational rabbi and that, that continual reminder of um, zooming out to say, to really feel into what is actually really important to me. Who am I? How do I wanna show up? And and what really matters? And so that's what we do together. We take time to um, think about when in our lives wants to be released What are the giant like hell knows about the way that we've been living (laughs) and that we want to let go of, you know, whether that's a sense of obligation about various things, whether it's scarcity, whether it's um, settling, you know, in in some way in our life and to really do ritual around that, whether it's burning or um, screaming or, you know, all the different kinds of releasing that we do. It's so important to make it embodied as well. And then to really open up to, gosh, what kind of life would feel just so friggin' magical and exciting and expansive and joyous um, and to cheer each other along throughout that, you know, to do it, um, lifting each other up and affirming the dreams that we each have for our lives. And so it's it's getting clear about, um, what is the life that I truly want to be living? And then what are some practical small steps that I can take both in terms of the doing, but also the being like, like what might it be like to roll around in the energy of the life that I want to be living? Um, and then that's so beautiful because because we
0: create it. That's how we call it in. And if you yeah. don't know what it is, we can't, we can't move towards it. We can't
1: say, yes, here I am. And let's go ahead and create, get this created. hundred percent. And so much more powerful in community. Yes. I mean, you know, like as Ram Dass says, we're all just walking each other home, you know, like mm-hmm. deeper and deeper into our true essence. So that's what we do together. And then I also offer a lot of beautiful follow-ups so people can stay in that juicy space that we created um, over <laughs> the
0: weekend. Ah, That's so beautiful. So oh, there's so many things we could still talk about. I want to make sure also we get time so people can know how they can get a hold of you. Where, where and for what might they connect with you?
1: Yeah, thanks Lori. I so appreciate that. Um so my website is is the best way and that's just rabbijessicamarshall.com. Mm-hmm. There's a contact link on there. What I'd love to invite folks to think about. So I work with both groups and individuals. For people who are part of a community and this can be a spiritual community of any Denomination or flavor, or even, you know, like a mom's group that you have, or a, I don't know, a, a regular walking group of folks that get together. Like, would it feel really fun and juicy and enlivening to create a retreat for yourselves? And if that's kind of lightened up for you, then I would love to hear from folks. It's a beautiful way to connect more deeply as a group and also to give yourself the gift of, kind of more. Um, more wholehearted and joyous living. So that's one way. And then the other way is that I also do individual spiritual coaching with folks. Um, we all, you know, we all need guides to help, to help, um, remind us of what's inside, you know, and to help us connect to our own wisdom. And so I work with folks individually as well. Um, yeah, those are, those are a few ways. Oh, Laura, you're muted. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, because I do have some jackhammering once again upstairs, but um, I believe, don't you still also do weddings and rituals and that, things
1: like that? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sacred ritual is, um, it's really where my heart is. its It gets woven into all of my treats, all of my individual work, and then also, mm-hmm. yeah, So, and I do weddings. I can tell. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, And I do weddings for folks really across the um, spiritual rainbow. So, you know, for Mm -hmm. Jewish couples, interfaith couples, and then just couples who consider themselves connected spiritually in one way or another. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, really, really love my, my work with couples and, Mm -hmm. and blessing, beautiful love stories. What could be better? Oh, truly, yeah. truly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Ah, well, Jessica, thank you so much for all of your beautiful wisdom that you have shared with us. I, and I have a feeling I need to ask you: is there is there some last piece? Um, not that the, it's like the the absolute ultimate, but I just feel like there's something
1: kind of kicking around here that I'm to ask you. Oh, about. I love that, Lori. Well, first and most importantly, this was just such a delight. There's nothing I love more than talking about the big, important stuff. And you just (laughs) held such a sacred container. So thank you. there's kind of two things. So I'll share them both. Um, one is just that if folks want to continue to connect, I offer a free monthly gathering the first Thursday of every month. And, um, Mm -hmm. that's just a half an hour to be in community and to tap into creative ritual together. So that's another easy way to easy and fun way. And is that the Facebook link that I have? Yes, it's there. It's also on my website. That's a really easy way to. Yeah. Um, But I wanna actually leave folks with a practice that I love to do all the time. Um, And this is just about, again, connecting to what's actually most important for our lives. So I like to take a piece of paper, draw a vertical line down the middle, and on one side to write, um, heck yes, at the top. (laughs) <laughs> and on the other side, to write heck no. Or if you want to use stronger language, feel free. <laughs> and then just let your heart guide you and to really feel into what is lighting up my entire being and what is taking away from how I like to show up in the world. Um, and just let yourself kind of free write, write those two columns you know, the, the heck nos can be just as important as the heck yeses. Mm-hmm. We need to, we need to stop doing some things to make space for the good stuff mm-hmm. and let that be a starting place for yourself to really feel into, you know, we get this one spin on the planet as the soul that is uniquely us. And like, let's make it count. Let's let, us let us let it feel, feel good and aligned and, and um and sacred and joyous, you know. Mm-hmm. While we also make space for just all the normal human adventures, right? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, just to really remember that we get to choose the life that we create for ourselves, and it starts by, you know, just getting clear about what are the yeses and what are the noes, and how can I honor those?
0: Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Rabbi Jessica Marshall. You have been a delight to have on Wisdom Talk Radio today. Thank you, Lori. Such an honor. Mm. And thank you to our listeners, too, for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Where would we be without you? We'd just be talking here. We'd have a great conversation, but hey, I love that you've joined our tea party today. Now um, join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. Because when you find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts, which you can do, there's um, we're on, we're everywhere. Leave us a review, especially if you've enjoyed listening today, because that allows other people to find the wisdom too, to to receive that illumination, and you know what? It allows us collectively to start transforming the world. And for more about. That, Fast-Tracking Your Ideas to Creation and Revenue. Find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacainstitute.com. Take the quiz and find out your creative innovator style so that you can turn your ideas into reality without missing another moment. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, Our website is WisdomTalkRadio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.